Hello and welcome to the EFL Review with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. The Skybet Championship, League One and League Two have all started now, with excitement across all three divisions, but as well we know, this is just the beginning of the carnage we come to expect from England's lower leagues. We will take a look at all games from across the country, providing analysis and hearing from coaches and players wherever possible, so you all don't get completely sick of my voice over the next hour. So let's start with the very first game of the EFL campaign, which took place on Friday night, which was an evening kickoff between Huddersfield and Burnley, which finished 1-0. Vincent Company's first game in charge couldn't have got off to a better start with a 1-0 win over last year's playoff finalist Huddersfield Town. The Clarets were superb in the first half, as debutant Ian Matson gave them an early lead. The relegated Premier League side should have scored more. Huddersfield, under new boss Danny Schofield, for the first time, failed to register a shot on target in the entire match as Burnley controlled the game after the break with more than two-thirds of the possession. Highly anticipated signing Scott Twine almost got off to the perfect start for his new club, almost doubling the lead with five minutes left, but his curling free kick hit the post. Burnley come into the game having rebuilt their squad after relegation from the top fight last season. Company moved to Burnley from Anderlecht, having lost experienced players such as Ben Mee, James Tarkovsky, Wout Weghorst, Dwight McNeil and Nick Pope. New Huddersfield boss Danny Schofield has also lost key players like Lewis O'Brien and Harry Toffolo, although he was still able to call upon a number of, uh, of the side that helped the Terriers reach Wembley, including Jonathan Hogg, Danny Ward and Duane Holmes. Burnley started well and should have taken the lead inside the first 10 minutes. New signing Josh Cullen's excellent through ball set Ashley Barnes free, but Burnley's most experienced forward took far too long as he closed in on goal and Tom Lee slid in and dispossessed him at close range. Cullen and Barnes have shot saved soon after before Martin gave Burnley a deserved lead. The Dutch left-back was first to react to Barnes' mistake having got forward and he curled right-footed shot into the bottom corner. It should have been 2-0 two minutes later, but Lee Nichols saved well out of close range from former Yeovil right-back Connor Roberts, after he played a nice 1-2 to break into the box. Huddersfield did not win a corner until the 67th minute as Burnley continued to control possession after the break, and it took another seven minutes for the host to have a decent effort when Ward fired over from the edge of the box after a mistake by Dara Costello. After the game, company told BBC Radio Lancashire he was impressed with the side's start to the season, especially from the work rate shown by his team. Beyond the good team, I saw it, uh, beyond the good football, I saw a team. I saw lads who recently learned to play together and take the fight on together, and that was good. Lots of running, lots of challenges, lots of bits that might not get highlighted as much because the football was good. But for me, really, that's the important part of the season. We took this game by the scruff of the neck and were, three, were there straight away, and that was good. That's when you start building everything else. Football, pattern, tactics. It's irrelevant if you don't have that as a base. I'm not going to say I'm uh, surprised, but the lads have got something to be proud of today, and tomorrow we go again. To me, that's a very, very happy manager under his new stewardship. After the match, uh, head coach Danny Schofield spoke to Huddersfield Town TV. Danny, obviously not the start we wanted. How do you sum that game up? Um, yeah, disappointing result. I felt first half, Burnley were the much better team. and They were winning the middle of the pitch. The wingers were coming inside and they were breaking lines um, far too easily. 
Um, tactically, we changed it in the second half, and I think it were much better in terms of us being more solid in that area. Um, but Burnley found it much harder to penetrate through us centrally. Um, so yeah, first half um, not 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 good by us at all. Second half, I thought we showed lots of improvement. That's encouraging, though, isn't it? The fact that we we came out and we were equal to them in the second half, and. and... We could have created chances. Ball just bounced in the wrong places a couple of times, and and that's the way these games go sometimes. Yeah, I think so. I think um, second half were much more competitive, much more, much more even, and we got to grips with, like I said, the central areas of the pitch. But we need to keep focusing and concentrating on the things we need to improve on, definitely. But take the positives out of that and try and um, try and keep building. No excuses, but Burnley are no mugs. They're in the Premier League for that long for a reason. It's it's encouraging if we you know take a step back a little bit from the disappointment right this second that we can compete with a side that's at that level. Yeah, they're a quality team with quality players and they've just come down from the Premier League and I'm sure they'll be fighting at the top end of the Championship come the end of the season. So you've got to take the positives out of... Sort of the, the things that really went well, and um, there were some good, there were some good things in the second half. That's what we've got to concentrate as well on the the top end of the championship. That's where we want to be as well. A couple of lads that made a real difference: uh, Tino Angerin, Jack Rodoni. The you know the you could hear the atmosphere lifting the stadium when they came on. That's another sign of encouragement, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think they both made real impact, um, and it was good to get them both on the pitch um, to perform to that level. Your first home game in the league as a head coach, it was a really nice reception for you before the game as we knew they would be having played here for so long before. Was that nice for you just to, to get this out of the way and, and have this first experience? Yeah, I think so. There's all, always some anxiety and tension sort of with the, with the first game being at home as well as excitement. Um, it wasn't the result we wanted um, and wasn't the performance we wanted in the first half but like I said again, the second half was much better and we'll try and take the positives on that and grow from it. There's a, a lot of debuts for, for new faces. You two coming on for the first time. We, we mentioned Tino has obviously been here before and, and Jack Rodoni, but David Kasuma as well, who unfortunately had to go back off. We're going to have to take a little bit of time integrating these lads, but we seem to be showing encouraging signs of getting there. Yeah, I think so. I think we try and integrate the players as quickly as possible. Um, they've integrated socially with the group really, really quickly. Um, I think it always takes a little bit of time for them to get to understand sort of the way we want to play football and build the relationships with the other players on the pitch. So it's always, it always takes time, but we hope to speed that process up really quickly because we're in the thick of it now. As is the nature in the Championship, there's no real time to, to sit down and lick your wounds or anything. We've got a game in a week and we, we've got to get up and be competitive in that. So is that a good thing? Yeah, 100%. The games are coming thick and fast. I, I said to the lads in, there, in the dressing room, I said, look, we stick together and we keep fighting. If you keep showing that fight and we all keep working together, uh, we'll be fine. We weren't far off it tonight, Scoey, but thank you very much for your time and uh, good luck for next week. Cheers, Raj. Top man. Thank you. Very mixed messages here between the two managers, uh, which was somewhat uh, unsurprising given the sheer domination seen by Burnley in the opening game. Huddersfield really looked all at sea and that's somewhat to be expected with uh, the the vast changes that they've had. Uh, new stewardship, not to mention so Carlos Corberon, who took them to the playoff final last year, uh, resigned only 22 days ago. So it's been a real, uh, it's a real test of character for the remainder of the, the squad there and the backroom staff. Um, I think they'll be all right for the remainder of the season. Uh, it's, nothing's going to be very nice when you're coming down against a recently relegated side. Um, but I was actually really impressed with Burnley, and, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that uh, they're going to be able to maintain this throughout most of the season. But you never know. Let's take a look at Saturday's results now, and naturally I'll have to do my best James Alexander Gorder impression for each result. Blackburn 1, QPR 0. 
Blackburn Rovers kicked off the new season with a strong defensive effort to beat QPR 1-0. Both sides were evenly matched, though most of the first half. Osman Kakai hitting the bar for the R's before Rovers launched in sustained attack and new captain Lewis Travis blasted a shot into the top corner from 25 yards out. Blackburn continued to press in the second half as the drizzle continued to fall at Ewood Park and QPR were unable to find a way back into the game, despite throwing on several substitutions late into the game. Rovers have now won their past six home league matches against QPR, a run that stretches back to the 2016-17 campaign. Blackpool 1, Reading 0. Callum Connolly's early goal was enough to propel Blackpool to a win on the first day of the new championship season. The defensive midfielder scored in the ninth minute and Reading were unable to respond as the match stagnated, with neither side creating many chances in the first 45 minutes. The Royals started positively in the second half, forcing the home side to work a little harder at the back, but Blackpool were able to hold on to their lead comfortably and create one or two more chances of their own to keep their opponents honest until the final whistle. Reading have now lost their opening match of the season in five of the past six seasons. Cardiff 1, Norwich City 0. And now for the game that I probably got the most wrong compared to Friday's episode. Romain Sawyer scored on his competitive debut as Cardiff City beat Norwich City in a fiery encounter which saw both teams finish with 10 men. After a first half of few chances, the game burst into life after the restart, as Sawyer's effort from outside the area took a deflection on its way past Tim Krull to opening the scoring on 49 minutes. The Canaries were almost levelled seven minutes later when Kenny McLean turned Todd Cantwell's corner onto the bar before Grant Hanley swiped wildly at the rebound and Cardiff cleared. Tempers flared as both sets of players collided in the centre circle after Perry and G threw Timo Puki to the floor, referee Tim Robinson booking four players in the aftermath, including in G. And the Cardiff defender was given his marching orders five minutes later, after sliding in on a breaking Todd Cantwell to set up an exciting last 20 minutes. Grant Hanley followed in G 15 minutes later, as he picked up a second yellow card for a foul on Mark Harris, and Cardiff held on to secure an opening fixture win since 2017. Cardiff boss Steve Morrison gave seven players competitive debuts, and despite having the majority of possession, they failed to carve out any clear chances in the opening period. The best chance of the first 45 minutes fell to Cantwell, but Ryan Allsop did brilliantly to turn the curling effort past the post. The Bluebirds keeper put in an assured performance throughout the contest and showed his confidence from the resulting corner, which he plucked out of the air with a one-handed catch that NFL wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. would have been proud of. After the KG first half, you would have been forgiven for thinking the second would follow in a similar fashion, but that was far from the case. Romain Sawyers, who joined on a two-year deal after leaving West Bromwich Albion, got the better of Tim Krull with a low-bouncing effort in front of the vocal Canton stand. Kenny McLean came closest to the draw in the Canaries level when his volley came off the post with Allsop well beaten. Norwich substitute Onel Hernandez looked threatening late on for the visitors, but Allsop was not troubled in the Cardiff goal, despite the seven minutes of added time. It is a perfect start to the season for this much-changed Cardiff side, and for Norwich, it is an unwelcome first result back in the Championship following relegation. Hull City 2, Bristol City 1. Jean-Michel Serri's 93rd-minute goal saw Hull City come from behind to beat Bristol City on the opening day of the season. 
Bristol City striker Andy Vyman put his side ahead after 29 minutes, scoring from close range following from a free kick. Hull's Ozan Tufan hit the post for Hull shortly after the break before drawing his side level from the penalty spot after Benjamin Tete was brought down. But former Fulham midfielder Seri broke the Robins' hearts with three minutes to go, firing the ball beyond keeper Dan Bentley to give Hull all three points. Both Hull and Bristol City finished last season uninspiringly near the bottom of the table, within a few points of each other in 17th and 19th. But the strikers had not beaten the Robins in the league since April 2016, with a winless streak that had stretched to eight matches. That track record showed in the first half as Bristol City got off to the better start, Matty James' header forcing an early save from Matt Ingram in the Hull goal, while Chris Martin saw his own header go off the target. Vyman, who romped to 20 goals last season as Bristol City's top goalscorer, then picked up exactly where he left off after an hour and a half, after half an hour rather, by putting his side in front once again. New striker Cal Naismith whipped in a decent free kick while Zach Viner knocked back across the goal into the path of the Austrian striker, who did not miss. Hull slowly came back after the break and Bristol City were given a massive let-off when Tufan hit the woodwork. A son, a canny dummy from Seri set up the number seven, but his curling shot smacked off the post. But it was not long before Tufan had his name on the score sheet when the referee pointed to the spot after Naismith appeared to take down Tete. It was a controversial call, but the Turk, who had signed from Fenerbahce this summer, took his chance to draw Hull level. Jada Silva almost put Bristol City back in front with four minutes of normal time to go, beating his defender and the goalkeeper before his left-footed shot curled far beyond the far post. However, as happened so many times last season, Nigel Pearson's side could not shake the curse of conceding an injury-time goal, with just three minutes of the six added on, left to play, the ball fell to Seri on the edge of the box, and his striker gave Hull the win and left Bristol City scratching their heads as to how they left with nothing. Luton Town nil, Birmingham City nil. Birmingham City made an encouraging start to life under new boss John Eustace as they avoided defeat at last season's beaten championship playoff semi-finalist Luton. In a game of few chances, Blues, the Blues managed just one shot on target. But new boss Eustace, who only took at the, over at the beginning of July, had four of his five summer signings making their debut. And an away point is an encouraging start for a club who have spent most of the summer with speculation surrounding potential new ownership. Luton came close to breaking the deadlock when, from James Bree's early free kick. New Blues keeper John Ruddy cleared his legs, uh, cleared with his legs, and Jordan Clark lashed the rebound over the crossbar before summer signing Luke Freeman tested Ruddy again with a scuffed shot. Unfortunately, a game of little excitement outside of this. Millwall 2, Stoke City 0. Charlie Creswell netted a dream debut double as Gary Rowett's Millwall beat Stoke City at a sold-out new den. The teenage Millwall defender, on loan from Premier League side Leeds United, had not previously scored in senior football, but the 19-year-old struck with the goal in each half as former Stoke boss Rowett's Lions enjoyed a winning start to the new championship campaign. The son of former Stoke striker Richard Creswell, who scored over 100 goals with York, Preston North End, Leeds and Sheffield United, powerfully headed his first from George Honeyman's 12th-minute corner. Embarking on their fifth straight season in the Championship after surrendering a good start to a slump to 14th last season, Stoke City already know that they will have to improve on an insipid display in South London. 
Stroke were almost given an equaliser when Tyrese Campbell's shot from the edge of the area squirmed over Bartosz Bielikowski's gra- grasp only for the homekeeper to grab the ball just before it could cross the line. Afobi then bent an early second-half shot over from a narrow angle before stokekeeper Joe Bursick made a good save to keep out Tom Bradshaw before Creswell struck again. He nearly scored with a second header, denied by Bursick's reflex save, but when Malone swung over another corner, Creswell took advantage of an awful Potter's defending to volley in from close range and kill off the contest, allowing the Lions to give a record-signing Zion Fleming a run-out for the last 15 minutes. Rotherham United won, Swansea City won. Rotherham took a point on their return to the Championship as Harry Darling's stunning debut goal saw Swansea come back to draw one all. Chedi Ogbene flicked home a header to give Rotherham an early lead. But Darling drove in the equaliser from distance in his first competitive game since joining from MK Dons. Michael Obafemi then missed a glorious chance to give Swansea victory as both sides left with something to show off their opening day efforts. Swansea will feel they had enough control to secure victory, though keeper Andy Fisher had to make a number of saves as Rotherham created enough opportunities to take all three points. Swansea took complete control of possession in the opening stages, twice carving half chances for Joe Pirroi. Yet it was Rotherham who went in front against the run of play. Swansea defender Carl Norton got his head to Wes Harding's long throw, but only succeeded in helping the ball onto Chedi Bene. The Republic of Ireland forward floated his head over the helpless Fisher to score Rotherham's first goal of the campaign. Ogbene very nearly had the second nine minutes later, but this time Fisher was equal to an acrobatic volley. Swansea wobbled for a while, but the Welsh club gradually regained control of possession, and equalised in a memorable fashion when Grimes fed Darling 30 yards out. The £1.4 million summer recruit is a central defender with an eye for goal, and he's proved this with a sparkling effort which flew inside Victor Johansson's left-hand post. Swansea threatened again before the break as their new centre-back, Nathan Wood, headed narrowly over after finding space at R to send peace. The Rotherham had the first chance of the second period as Ogbeni's measured effort was pushed beyond the far post by Fisher. Then came Obafebi's moment to forget, as Perui ran brilliantly from his own half and appeared to put a goal on a plate for his teammate. Obafoni only had to tap home at the far post, but caught with the ball with his heel and the opportunity was gone. He almost made amends when he teed up Jamie Preston two minutes later, but his crisp effort was too close to Johansson. Rotherham came again with substitutes George, George Kelly and Cohen Bramble, both denied by Fisher in the first quarter of a contest, which may have gone either way. Martin was left frustrated by refereeing decisions in the closing stages and was booked for his complaints, but both bosses can take positives after banking first points of the season. Wigan Athletic nil, Preston North End nil. Wigan Athletic were held to a goalless draw on the return to the Championship by 10-man Preston North End, who had Ched Evans sent off late on. Liam Richardson's will be happy to get the Latics off the mark, notably against a North End side who had made eye-catching recruitment under boss Ryan Lowe this summer. Neither side was able to find a breakthrough during an at-times feisty affair. Last season's top goalscorer for Wigan, Will Keane, had chances to give the home side the lead, but was unable to find the back of the net thanks to Preston keeper Freddie Woodman's efforts, while John McGuinness could not guide his header on target. Ben Amos made a superb double save to deny Troy Parrott and then Emil Riche towards the end of the opening 45 minutes, as Preston pushed themselves. 
Evans's dismissal for a late challenge on Curtis Tilt gave Wigan the impetus to push late on, but the flurry failed to produce a dis- And finally, Middlesbrough won, West Bromwich Albion won. The evening game saw my surprise package Middlesbrough take on West Bromwich Albion at the very soggy Riverside Stadium and in front of the Sky Sports cameras. Steve Bruce's West Bromwich Albion made a spirited start as they came from a goal down at half-time to earn a deserved point at Middlesbrough. Isaiah Jones's beautifully worked 10th-minute opener was rewarded for Borough's good start. But John Swift then scored his, for his first Albion start, set up by fellow debutant Jed Wallace, as Baggies cancelled out Jones's goal with an equally well-worked one of their own. Up against, up against one of his former players, Chris Wilder, who was on the bench for Sheffield United when Bruce made his managerial debut in August 1998, the Albion boss was making his second visit to Teesside this year, having lost to Wilder's Borough in one of the first games in charge of the Baggies in February. But Albion particularly, in the second half, now look more of a threat than they did last winter and when they declined so badly, leading to the loss of Valerian Ishmael, followed by Bruce's initial failure to have an impact. But with the arrival of Wallace and Swift, abetted by the late second half cutting edge uh, of fit again Daryl DK, they now look to be a, have a cutting edge themselves. They were up against a Borough side who also expected to be up there challenging after narrowly missing out on the playoffs last season, and the host stunned them with a superbly chiselled opener. On lone Wolves left wing-back Ryan Giles and striker Tuba Akpom cut Albion down, to the, uh, down on the left, and right wing-back Jones was on hand in the box to fire home a low right-footed shot. Giles, in what was undoubtedly a man-of-the-match performance, then set up an even better chance for Duncan Watmore, who met his cross at an awkward height, got too deft of a flick from five yards out, and watched aghast as it span wide. But Watmore paid for it when Albion made a, such a swift response straight after the restart. This time, it was the Baggies who did the carving open, down the right wing before Wallace cleverly squared his low cross just before the retreating Borough defence, and Swift arrived on cue to place a well-struck shot with his first instep just before the left post. Now, I actually had the pleasure of watching this in full uh, on Saturday night, and really, I, I can sit here and say, oh, there was loads that happened in the second half, but I would be lying. Uh, a lot of the excitement was very much uh, either side of the half, uh, poised extremely well and then unfortunately fell somewhat flat a few small chances um plenty of decent blocks particularly against josh coburn uh, up front for middlesbrough but overall a draw was rightfully deserved when i first started my business i was hopeless at paperwork my system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later much later Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one -one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At AJ Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. 
On to League One now, and we saw all 24 teams take on to the field at 3 o'clock on Saturday, and the opening weekend did not disappoint as we saw 31 goals go in across all 12 matches. Accrington Stanley 2, Charlton Athletic 2. Charlton's stoppage time celebrations were cut short as Accrington went down the other end of the pitch to claim a two-all draw on the opening day of the League One season. Miles Lieburn scored with a header four minutes into added time to give Charlton a 2-1 lead, but Koredi Adeoyin turned the ball in from close range two minutes later to rescue a point for the hosts. Charlton had taken the lead after 36 minutes when Dialing Jaisimi's cross found Scott Fraser, who side-footed home from 12 yards. They came close to a second soon after, with Albie Morgan shooting just over. Stanley pressed for the equaliser after the break, with Joe Pritchard firing just wide and Liam Coyle heading narrowly over. The chances kept coming for Accrington, but Matt Lowe was denied from close rage. Jojo Wallacott turned a Sean McConville strike around the post, and Sean Wally's effort was kept out by the addict's keeper's legs. Stanley eventually equalised in the 69th minute when Wally tricked his way into the area and his cross fell to McConville at the far post to fire home. In six minutes of stoppage time, Lieburn headed home. Jack Payne's cross for what he thought was the winner before substitute Adeyin struck at the other end. Bristol Rovers 1, Forest Green Rovers 2. Regan Hendry scored a late winner as Forest Green marked their maiden League One game with a memorable 2-1 win, win at Bristol Rovers. The Scottish midfielder curled in with an 89th minute winner from the edge of the penalty area to give last season's League Two champions victory over the newly promoted West Country rivals at the Memorial Ground. Hendry's heroics not only secured his side a victory, but also gave new manager Ian Birchnell a successful start to life with the Gloucestershire club. Until he intervened, it looked as though the local bragging rights would be shared. The visitors had taken the lead through defender Jordan Moore-Taylor as he headed in a perfectly flighted 55th minute corner by Hendry. Former Forest Green striker Aaron Collins showed his old club what they are missing with a trademark finish, coolly slotting home in the 71st minute after being teed up by substitute Harvey Saunders to make it one all. But Hendry had the final say to give his side a winning start to life in the third tier. Cambridge United 1, MK Dons 0. Cambridge started their League One season with a 1-0 win over highly fancied MK Dons. The visitors made an ideal start inside the first minute with Matt Smith's effort from the edge of the box coming back off the bar. Instead it was Cambridge who took the lead after 17 minutes through a terrific goal by Harvey Nibs, who slalomed into the box before cutting inside and firing low past Jamie Cumming. Before the interval, the user threatened again as Paul Digby's deep cross was met by a looping Joe Ironside header, which was held by the Don's keeper. The Don's turned up the pressure after the break, and Harrison Dunk was called on to make an excellent challenge to deny Dan Kemp before Bradley Johnson fired wide of the near post when centrally placed. In the 64th minute, Smith again tried his luck from distance, but would only fire wide when the ball fell to him kindly, as, despite their chances, the Dons were unable to force Dimitar Mitov into a save. Cheltenham Town 2, Peterborough United 3. Johnson Clark Harris scored twice as Peterborough hit back from two goals down to start the season with a 3-2 win at Cheltenham. The home side under new coach Wade Elliott deservedly went up 2-0 at half-time with thanks to an own goal and Alfie May's strike. Southampton lone lead Dan Lundeloo caused problems for the posh and he provided the low ball that turned into the, his own net by Frankie Kent after 30 minutes. 
May opened his account for the season with his 17th goal in his last 19 appearances, seizing on the misplaced pass from Josh Knight and rounding Lucas Bergstrom in the 39th minute. Clark Harris lifted an effort onto the bar and May then forced a block from Bergstrom just before half-time. Posh boss Grant McCann responded by making three changes, sending on Jack Marriott, Joe Ward and Ben Thompson for the start of the second half. And it paid off with Sammy Schmodick's feeding Ward, who set up Marriott to make it 2-1 in the 59th minute. Clark Harris levelled with an emphatic fashion after a low ball from Harrison Burrows was cleared to him by defender Charlie Raglan. Ward was the provider again in the 72nd minute, as Clark Harris added his second to complete the turnaround. Bergstrom made an outstanding save to deny Alfie Mayer leveller in the 74th minute to end an exciting affair in Cheltenham. Derby County 1, Oxford United 0. Connor Hurahan's superb strike gave Derby a 1-0 win over Oxford in their first game in League One for 36 years. Oxford had chances in front of a 31,000 Pride Park crowd before Hurahan's quality finish gave Derby victory in the club's first competitive match since exiting administration at the start of the month. Matty Taylor fired wide under pressure from Curtis Davis in the 19th minute and James Henry had a shot saved by Joe Wildsmith in the 33rd. Derby responded when James Collins had a shot deflected behind before Nathaniel Mendes-Lang burst through on the right in the 38th minute but Simon Eastwood came out to save. Oxford went close in the 58th minute when Billy Bowden's dive was tipped over, but Eastwood made a brilliant save three minutes later to turn behind a Collins volley. Eastwood was finally beaten in the 80th minute when substitute Louis Sibley set up Kurt Hurahan, who fired left-footed into the bottom right-hand corner from just outside of the box. A good win for the Rams. Ipswich Town won, Bolton Wanderers won. Ipswich and Bolton shared the spoils at Portman Road after an entertaining one-all draw. The visitors started the game brightly and Bolton forward Oladapo Ofolian, gosh that's hard to pronounce, headed over Morley's corner in the sixth minute. Bolton deservedly went ahead in the 29th minute after Ipswich debutant Leif Davis clipped Connor Bradley's heels in the box and Aaron Morley expertly dispatched the resultant penalty. A cleverly worked corner routine saw Town pull level in the 38th minute, when Connor Chaplin's low delivery was slammed home by Evans at the near post. The host nearly went in front three minutes later, but striker Freddie Ladapo was denied by Bradley's superb last-ditch block. Not bad from the Liverpool loanee. Ipswich were very much improved after the break, and Evans went close to putting Ipswich in the lead, but his looping header was well saved by on-loan Man City goalkeeper James Trafford. The hosts continued to probe, and Ladapo's tame effort was saved by Trafford before Burns' header was deflected just wide, 12, 11 minutes from time. It was one-way traffic in the final stages, but Ipswich substitute Tyrese John-Jules fired straight at Trafford before town skipper Sam Morsey also failed to beat the Wanderers' keeper from close range in added time. Lincoln City won, Exeter City won. Newly promoted Exeter City were forced to settle for a point at Lincoln after the host came from behind to earn a one-all draw. San Nombi's first half-strike was cancelled out by Tom Hupper early in the second half. The striker began, the visitors began strongly and rewarded for their efforts after 14 minutes. Nombi latched on to Giovanni's Brown's through ball and outpaced Lincoln's two centre-backs to calmly slot and debutant keeper Carl Rushworth. 
it could have it could have been two moments later when Nombi looked to return in the favour on the break, but his cross was just too much for Giovanni Brown. Lincoln were much improved after the interval, levelling after 49 minutes through Hopper, who stood to send a backwards header into the top corner from Hakib Abdullakun's cross. The Grecians rallied and, and Josh Coley was denied twice in a matter of seconds via Pordy O'Connor's brave block and low Rushworth save. Nombi thought he had restored the lead moments later, but saw his scrambled effort ruled out for offside. At the other end, meanwhile, Anthony Scully volleyed over Adelakun's cross before an almost snatching a winner at the death following a goldmouth scramble. Morecambe nil, Shrewsbury Town nil. A game that saw plenty of effort but few clear chances at either end finished all square with both defences on top. Shrewsbury started quickly, creating two chances in the opening five minutes when Luke Leahy's fired wide, then drilled a shot into the side netting before Morecambe had the best chance of the half on 26 minutes. Cole Stockton played in Dylan Connolly, uh, played in Dylan Connolly, who had a free run on goal but saw his effort well saved by the sprawling Marco Morosi. The visitors had the better of the early second half exchanges and went close to opening the scoring on 66 minutes when a George Nurse volley deflected off Stockton's foot, but came off the crossbar with Connie Ripley beaten. Shrewsbury continued to press as Ryan Delaney de denied Ryan Bowman a close-range tap-in from a left-wing cross, but after failing to trouble Morosi in the second period, the Shrimps were denied an injury-time winner when Matthew Pennington produced a superb block from Connolly's shot. Plymouth Argyle won, Barnsley nil. The game's decisive moment came just before half-time, following a brilliant breakdown the left by playmaker Danny Mayer, who passed inside the penalty box to Bally Mumba. Mumba's square pass found a fellow debutant, Finn Azaz, and he side-footed home first time into the top corner for the only goal of the contest. Argyle looked to have gone ahead in the ninth minute, but skipper and former Yeovil favourite Joe Edwards' rising shot cannoned off the face of the crossbar. Barnsley also hit the bar in the 34th minute, when Nicky Caden connected with Jack Aitchinson's cross. Josh Benson's follow-up was cleared off the line by Bacorley Gillespie. The double escape seemed to spur the home side on, and particularly Mayer, and just before half-time, then made the breakthrough from Azaz. New striker James Norwood was introduced as one of Barnsley's second-half substitutes, and he flashed a 65th minute header just wide from Luke O'Connell's pacey free kick. The hosts had a late let-off when defender Gillespie cleared the ball off the line following an in-swinging Barnsley corner from the right. But luckily, Argyle just held on. Port Vale 2, Fleetwood Town 1. Port Vale's centre-backs, Nathan Smith, no, not that one, and Connor Hall scored the goals as Daryl Clark's newly promoted side win at home to Scott Brown's Fleetwood. The visitors took a sixth-minute lead through Dan Batty's goal, but Vale hit twice in two minutes to condemn former Celtic skipper Brown to a losing start in management. Fleetwood's early breakthrough came and after good work from Promise, uh, by Promise Amokri, how apt, who sent the ball across goal. Though Batty's finish was scuffed into the turf, he had just enough power to find the back of the net. Jamie Proctor went close to an equaliser, blazing an acrobatic volley narrowly wide, before Vale took control with two quick-fire goals. Hall showed quick feet to retrieve a half-cleared corner before finding Smith, who turned in the Valiant's leveller on the half-hour. 
Vale led two minutes later when Funzo Ojo's low ball from a short corner came to Hall and he finished neatly into the bottom corner. With few goalmouth incidents after the break, Fleetwood defender Toto Niziala came close to an own goal, his wayward back pass evading goalkeeper Jay Lynch, but rolling just past the foot of the post. And despite Fleetwood's Jeds Garner forcing a sharp reaction uh, from Aidan Stone in the Vale net, saw a comfortable opening day victory for Port Vale. Sheffield Wednesday 3, Portsmouth 3. By far the most entertaining match took place at Hillsborough today, with a thrilling 3 all draw between Pompey and the Owls. Wednesday striker Lee Gregory was shown a red card towards the end of the second half, which produced five of the six goals. The host took an eight-minute lead with when John Windass, uh, Josh Windass, sorry, drilled the ball across the face of goal, and Johnson applied the right finish. Agilvy equalised five minutes into the second half with a header from Marlon Pack's delivery. Wednesday regained the lead soon after when Delhi Bushiru uh, scored on the 53rd minute, beating Josh Griffiths with a well-struck shot from the outside the area. It was two. It was two-two in the 57th minute when Jacobs got the final touch after Joe Pickett's cross headed to goalwards by Colby Bishop, and Wednesday goalkeeper David Stockdale pushed the ball onto the bar. A third-headed goal for Pompey came when Bishop scored on the 64th minute from Joe Pickett's cross, giving them the lead. However, Delhi Bisharu levelled the score with nine minutes remaining, with another superb strike before Gregory was dismissed in added time after receiving a second yellow card. But enough of me talking. Speaking to Portsmouth Media after the game, let's see what Danny Cowley had to say about the affair. Danny, a dramatic opening day. How would you describe it? Well, it's good to be back. Um, I think it was a, a roller coaster of a game. It's a consequence of a roller coaster of emotions. So proud of the, the way the players applied themselves. I just said to them in there that don't underestimate um, what you've achieved today. You know, as a group, we've only just come together. Um, Michael Morrison literally, you know, hadn't you know signed on Tuesday. The first football he's done this pre-season was 45 minutes at Barnet. Sean Ragger, who's been really struggling with his back, and we all know how tough he is, played 45 minutes at Barnet and wasn't happy with it. Um, he then went and had an injection on Wednesday just to be able to play. And, uh, yeah, I thought those two were lions. Um, you look at the top of the pitch, just really new relationships, and we haven't really had much time on the grass because we were trying to build their fitness as well. So Colby obviously played Tuesday and needed minutes because... He'd been starved of minutes at the beginning of his pre-season. Um, so really, we only had Thursday, Friday to, to work with the group. And when you come into somewhere like Hillsborough, who, you know, Sheffield Wednesday have the best, had the best home record in the division last year, I think there was, um, yeah, a lot to be really, uh, really pleased with, a lot to be really proud of, and that bodes well for, for the next 45 games. Yeah, like you say, three goals and a point at Hillsborough is not something a lot of teams come across. No, I think, you know, first half, we, we actually had a good way into the game and they then score with their first chance. And then uh, they, I thought they found a rhythm, they get a real momentum of the crowd and we did really well to, 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 to show um, our mettle and, and stay in the game. Um, I was really proud of how we did that. I think last year when we came here, we could see three goals in quick succession and then the mountain is... Becomes, becomes too big to climb. So, 
we, we, we did really well actually first half and actually grew into the half I think from about 30 minutes onwards started to connect some passes and find a little bit of control ourselves and then yeah at half time really it was just a message to be a little bit braver um, to punch back and I thought we did that and I thought we scored some really good goals in the second half and uh, yeah to be 3-2 up I felt so sorry for the players the way the third goal went in because we don't concede that goal if we're not down to 10 men and we shouldn't be down to 10 men and that's a, that's a real frustration for us a debut goal for Colby and two assists for Joe Piggott as well. How good is it to see that partnership flourishing early on? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, obviously really brand new. Boys just getting used to playing with each other. But Joe um, has such a, uh, yeah, su such a flair to his game and he's able to come loose and link the play. And he, he will score goals, Joe Piggott, but he will also create goals. I think we saw that with... Um, with, 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 the, with the two assists, two fantastic crosses, and Colby doing what Colby does best, getting in the frame of the goal, and he's such a good header of the ball. And uh, I don't know if the first one goes over the line or whether Michael Jacobs scores. We'll have to we'll have to send that to the dubious goal panel. But um, certainly the, the the goal to go three two up was a was a fantastic header. Definitely think Michael's going to try and claim that one. Overall, plenty of positives to take from this into the next week and into Fratton Park next week. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I, as I said, with the players, I thought they were brilliant. I just, the, the spirit, the togetherness, the, the fight that we showed. Um, it's really difficult to be a group of men that never give up. And I see that quality in this group. And we talk a lot about tactics, but sometimes it's just about heart, desire and fight. And I thought we had all those qualities in abundance today. For live match commentary of Yeovil Town Football Club. Might drop for the shot here. Oh, what a shot that is! It has to be Three Valleys Radio. Wickham Wanderers 3, Burton Albion 0. And finally to a match that I thought would be a lot tighter. But first half goals from David Wheeler, Anis Mehmeti and Josh Scowan helped Wickham run out comfortable 3-0 winners against Burton. Scowan's stunning half-volley was the pick of the goals as last year's League One playoff finalists made the perfect start to the new season. The side met three times last term, with Wickham winning both league meetings by a single goal, but this was much more of a comfortable encounter. The first goal came in the seventh minute when Scowan's ball in behind the Burton defence was met by Wheeler, who poked home before Mehmeti doubled the lead ten minutes later. After winning possession on the left, Mehmeti surged past four Burton players before slotting past Burton goalkeeper Ben Garrett. Scowan then made it three before half-time, his first Adam Parks goal in seven and a half years following spells at Barnsley, QPR and Sunderland, smashing in a half-volley after a headed clearance fell to him on the edge of the area. Burton could only muster one shot on target all game, with Wickham rarely looking under concerted pressure as they saw out the second half in relative comfort. Hey, are you going to the Yeovil Ukulele Festival? Sunday the 4th of September at Haysbury Mill near Crookern. 11 o'clock in the morning till 9 at night with big acts from the ukulele world including Plastic Jesus, Tricity Vogue, The Hedge Inspectors, 80s icon Sam Brown, Pete Brown, 
Hester Goodman from the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain and local duo in sync. Tickets are available from the website www.yovelukulele.club and on the door. And it's all in aid of Mind in Somerset. There'll be performances across two stages, workshops, strum and sing-alongs, trade stands, food, raffle and more. So make sure you get there. September the 4th at Hazelbury Mill near Krugan. This is Three Valleys Radio. Check out our website at www.3valleysradio.com. And finally, let's conclude with the League Two fixtures that happened this weekend. So I'm very conscious of time. We will be going through the League Two fixtures with a little bit more pace, as again we saw all 24 teams play on Saturday. AFC Wimbledon 2, Gillingham 0. AFC Wimbledon claimed their first league victory since December, as life in League 2 under new manager Johnny Jackson began with a confident 2-0 win over Gillingham. After a tight opening 15, min- uh, after a tight opening 15 minutes, Ethan Chislett met Lee Brown's particu- uh, partially cleared corner to spectacularly fire past Jill's on-loan Crawley goalkeeper, Glenn Morris, from the edge of the box. Having not won in 27 games to end their League One season, the Dons ensured they triumphed in this fixture between two relegated sides when Jack Curry finished, rushed to meet Nightingale's cross and head past the luckless Morris 19 minutes from time. Bradford City nil, Doncaster Rovers nil. Unfortunately, Bradford debutant Emmanuel Osadebi suffered a suspected broken leg in their nil-nil draw with Doncaster. Play was stopped for eight minutes before Osadebi was stretched off. Doncaster's Liam Ravenhill was booked for the foul that caused the early injury and was substituted straight away by manager Gary McSheffrey. But Doncaster reduced to 10 men just before half-time when striker Lee Tomlin was sent off by former Scottish Premier League referee Bobby Madden, officiating his first England game. Tomlin was booked for delaying a free kick being taken and then showed another yellow card when he fell theatrically after Jamie Walker stood on his foot. Bradford's Kean Harrett was then shown a red card after the final whistle for an altercation with Rovers keeper Jonathan Mitchell. The crowd of 19,368 was Valley Parade's largest for a fourth-tier game, as they saw Bradford start with a goalless draw for a fourth year in a row. I suspect people will be wanting their money back. Carlisle United won, Crawley Town nil. Christian Dennis needed only five minutes to register the Cumbrian's opening goal of the new campaign, Paul Simpson's side should have achieved a wider margin of victory, but they were denied by on-loan Brentford debutant goalkeeper Ellery Balcom in the opening half. New Crawley boff Kevin Betsy often struggled to adapt to his new possession-based style, and star summer capture from Newport County, Dom Telford, only briefly threatened to open his account. Last season's fourth-tier Golden Boot winner flashed one first-half uh, first effort over the crossbar, while ex-Yeovil loney James Tilly hit the base of an upright. Harrogate Town 3, Swindon Town 0. Alex Patterson, Matty Daly and Jack Muldoon all scored as Harrogate kicked off the new campaign with a clinical 3-0 victory over Swindon. The hosts converted three of their five on-target attempts during a ruthless display, with Daly scoring in his debut following a lone move from Huddersfield. 
Last season's beaten playoff semi-finalist Swindon, meanwhile, lacked potency with Ben Gladwin hitting the upright from a second-half penalty, as the Wiltshire Rackford's incredible run of eight consecutive opening day victories since 2013 ended in emphatic style. Let's hear from winning boss Simon Weaver. Gaffer, three goals, clean sheet, three points. Perfect way to start the season. It was, yeah, it was a, a really strong performance. I thought we got the balance right between, you know, being being aggressive and and, and trying to get it forward and, and being patient and and um, being a, a solid unit. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a his first days goes, it went really well. There's a new look side, I think there's six debutants today, a new shape as well. How impressed were you with how the side did apply themselves and yeah, you know, I think it took us a little while to settle, maybe 15, 20 minutes, but from then on, you know, really got control of the game. Yeah, well, I mean, with so many changes um, to the lineup, I'm not going to lie to you, the butterflies in my stomach, you know, as we prepared for this game and, and went down the tunnel, um, because you want everybody to settle as soon as possible. But I thought the lads did, you know, and they, they all made a great contribution today. It's been delighted with the energy levels as well, um, you know, from first minute to stoppage, to the end of stoppage time. There's no let up at all, was it right across the pitch? No, they can't be there against Swindon. And I know it, it looks a convincing scoreline, and I thought it's a really des well deserved and convincing win. Um, but you can't switch off against opposition like that. You know, they've got top draw players in their lineup, and we're full, fully aware of the, all their threats. Um, but as a defensive unit, we were hard to break down, which is very pleasing. And obviously, they do pack a goal threat with McCurdy, obviously, you know, 20, 23 goals last season. You know, the, the sort of three central guys at the back kept him quiet and, and really sort of snuffing any threat out today. Well, the, the pay, uh, to get the clean sheets and, and to do that, you have to defend properly and defend your area very well. And um, I thought all three were very strong in the air. Red Danger got tight you know, against good players and tried to deny them opportunities to score, so they can be pleased with the day's work. We talked about structure and being very compact, but there's no shortage of style, too. I mean, particularly, I think the third goal. Yeah, a little run down the touchline almost uh, as that as uh, Jack yeah. went in. It was a, it was a fantastic move. Yeah. Um, and a great finish to cap it off. Yeah, I, I had a little bench outside the box, <laughs> but um, a slow one. But no, it was it was really pleasing, obviously, to get that third goal because you know we, we're trying to build the fans uh, fan base here, aren't we? And appreciate a lot on holiday today. So hopefully next game we'll have some more. And, and having a scoreline like that, that and the performance level um, being very good. Hopefully, we'll encourage more people and more uh, positive word of mouth. Finally, I'm sure you won't be getting carried away. As you say, it's one, it's one game, three points. But mm. you know, there's, there's, the style was there today, and you saw it full time. You mentioned the fans. It's a great reception, and uh, you know, in terms of how the fans and the applause and the appreciation the team got. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, a great ovation from the fans, and I think they know how hard we have to work. It's, a club the size of Harrogate Town and, and we need a, a team of grafters and a lot of the evidence to suggest all the newcomers fitted in very well to that work, work ethic and, and dynamic and you know but it is it is early days you know you, you can't get too extreme with your you know your happiness because you know the game is a habit of, of kicking you just when you've cracked it but um, I think everybody in the building though deserves a good weekend now. Fantastic well done enjoy the evening Gaffer. Thank you cheers. Set up with Boring Radio, oh, yeah. then Three Valleys Radio has to be their station for you. They play a really good mix between like the modern tunes and like all the old stuff and stuff, so it's really great to listen to. You get a good mix, and like the presenters are really awesome, yeah, and like hardly any adverts, which is fab. Leighton Orient 2, Grimsby Town 0. 
Grimsby suffered defeat on their return to the Football League as Lake Norrient eased to a 2-0 win at Brisbane Road. The Mariners, promoted back at the end of last season via the National League playoffs, were beaten by a penalty from George Moncur and wonder strike from former Yeovil stalwart Tom James. Not that he did that often for the Glovers. The second half was just three minutes old when the O's broke the deadlock. Referee Chris Pollard adjudged, adjudged Luke Waterfall to have handled a Moncure shot, and debutant Moncure calmly sent his spot kit low into the corner of the net. A stunning strike doubled the lead in the 56th minute. James collected the ball following a corner and unleashed a venomous 30-yard drive into the net off the underside of the crossbar. Orient were never threatened after that, although the visitors have caused some moments of concern before the break with efforts from Miki Effiti and Gavin Holohan, bringing reaction saves from Lawrence Vigoro. Northampton Town 3, Colchester United 2. Ryan Haynes marked his debut with a late win at Northampton, started the new season with a thrilling 3-2 victory over Colchester at Sixfields. Glover gone by, Sam Hoskins twice put the cobblers in front, but both times Colchester hit back, only for Haynes to pop up with an 89th minute winner. Northampton controlled the first half and they deservedly moved in front after 27 minutes, when Danny Hilton's sublime touch and pass released Hoskins into the penalty box and finished emphatically. Colchester levelled just before the break, though, as Tyler Maglor was harshly adjudged to have fouled Noah Chilvez in the penalty box, and Freddie Sears converted the subsequent spot kick. The second half was scrappy, but Northampton were awarded a penalty of their own with 16 minutes to go, when Cameron Cox was penalised for handball and Hoskins stepped up to secure his second of the match. Again, Colchester struck back when Chilvers finished off brilliant work by Frank Newble four minutes later, but that was in vain as Hoskins turned provider to tee up Haynes for a dramatic winner. Rochdale 1, Crew Alexander 2. Unfortunately, this game was overshadowed by a crew fan requiring urgent medical attention for breathing difficulties after a flare was let off in the away end. Crew took the lead in the 14th minute when Ethan Ebanks Landall was booked for a foul on Dan Agi and Callum Ainley floated an inviting set piece into the mix. Agi moved free of any markers and leapt unchallenged to nod the ball into the top corner of Richard O'Donnell's net. The visitors doubled their advantage after 21 minutes, Lachlan Brooks' low drive from 20 yards creeping inside O'Donnell's near post. The home side improved in the second half and reduced the deficit in the 69th minute. Tumani Digiragagu slotted a pass into the path of Devante Rodney, and the striker shrugged off two defenders before pulling the trigger, slamming a powerful finish beyond Arsenal only Arthur Nkonwo. Salford City 2, Mansfield Town 0. In Neil Wood's first game in charge, the Amis took an early lead when debutant Callum Hendry latched onto Brandon Thomas Asante's ball to slot home in the fifth minute. Salford had been dominant from the off and continued to test Manfield's back three. And when Thomas Asante was threaded through by Colin McLenny after 27 minutes, he got the better of keeper Christy Pym in a one-on-one to double the host's advantage. The game opened up in the second half and visiting forward Jordan Bowery immediately attested Tom King with an effort from distance which sailed over the crossbar. Mansfield continued to push and forced King into a string of strong saves, but they could not dent Salford's advantage and started their season with a defeat. Stockport County 2, Barrow 3. Definitely the complete opposite of what I expected to take place at Edgeley Park today, which was part of the reason why the EFL is so exciting. Stockport's first game back in the Football League after an 11-year absence ended in a disappointing 3-2 defeat to Barrow, despite a second-half fight back. 
Pete Wilde's first game in charge of the visitors produced a perfect outcome after they had raced into a 3-0 interval lead. Goals from Josh Gordon, another former Glover, Ben Whitfield and Ryan Rydell. Anthony Sarsevich gave Stockport hope soon after the restart when he converted Paddy Madden's cross. Madden then had in home Macaulay Southern Hales cross to make it 3-2 with 20 minutes left. But there was drama in Stottish time when referee Ollie Yates initially gave a penalty to Stockport, only to change his mind after spotting an offside flag. Sutton United won, Newport County won. Sutton United and Newport County shared the points on the opening day of the League Two season. County keeper Nick Townsend saved Robert Milson's free kick before Sutton went ahead through Omar Bugil after Will Randall's effort came up back off the crossbar. Omar Boggle levelled up with a bullet header from Mickey Dimitru's throw. Boggle and Robbie Wilmot had opportunities for Newport in the second half. Unfortunately, not a lot else to report from Gander Green Lane. Tranmere Rovers won, Stevenage 2. It looked like the points would be shared after Kane Hemmings had cancelled out Jake Reeves' first half opener, but debutant Jordan Robot smashed home from a close range uh, win with six minutes to go. Reeves put Stevenage ahead five minutes before half time after getting on the end of a Luke Norris header. Hemmings equalised from close range six minutes into the second half after Neil Burns' shot hit the bar. However, former Motherwell man Roberts settled in the contest in the visitors' favour after Carl Piergiani flicked on a Reeves free kick. And finally, Walsall 4, Hartlepool United 0. A perfect start for the new ownership of Walsall with a dominant display at home to Hartlepool. A Danny Johnson hat-trick followed by a Brandon Comlear opener. Hartlepool appeared all at sea in the West Midlands and new boss Paul Hartley will hope for a better showing next week. And with that comes to the end of this week's EFL review. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Were there any particularly standout matches that I should have given more attention to? Are there particular players or teams that I should be putting more focus on that you watched this week? Uh, Either live or uh, or on Quest or any other highlights package you were able to get hold of. Um, Thank you very much again for the feedback I received on the first show. Uh, It's great to see that so many people did enjoy it. But if there are things that you think you would still like to see, uh, please make sure you get in contact with me at at Three Valleys Radio. Um, But until then, uh, I look forward to speaking to you again next week for next week's EFL preview. But until then, have a lovely rest of your week. And with that, goodbye.